0: All right.
1: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Multiverse Show, episode uh, season five, episode seven. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for waiting as we were having some technical issues uh, going on in the meantime. Uh, we're going to talk about some cool stuff that happened last week in particular, not much going on right now. Uh, we'll cover a little bit of Outriders, uh, Jim Ryan's GQ uh, interview in particular, and state of play. Uh, we also have a nice uh, guest on for the evening. We have Elliot Boogie on from Grown Women Gaming. Uh, but first off, we're going to do our intros like we do every week. We have Mr. Samuel Tolbert, the White Wolf. How are you doing, sir?
2: Hey, I, I've i been better, but I've been worse. So say we all in March. <laughs> so say we <laughs> all. Uh, good to be here with you, dude. Good to be here.
1: All right. So uh, we also have L.A. Boogie from Grow Women Gaming. How are you doing, ma'am?
3: Hey, how you doing? It's actually La Boogie, as uh, um, pronounced by Master Chief. So... <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. So we got some cool stuff to go on. But first off, we have to do uh, the question we ask every single week. Uh, What have you been playing? Boogie, what have you been up to?
3: Uh, Playing a lot of Destiny and Call of Duty, pretty much. For the most part, yeah.
1: Uh, Which one's taking uh, the dominant game for you right now, if there is one?
3: Uh, Call of Duty dominated for a while, but uh, I'm back to Destiny. New season. Oh, and Apex played some Apex. Which I've actually gotten my kiddo into. So Hmm. Want to see where that goes.
1: Uh, fun times. I know James is a big fan of Apex Legends, but um he wasn't able to come on tonight. Uh, he was actually in an accident last night, so he's he's uh, oh, wow. on some painkillers and he's going to bed. So
3: <laughs> oh, man, delicious so. well to him. Yeah.
1: He'll be okay. This is not the first time this has happened.
3: Yeah. Well that's that's not good.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's how it is when he's in the karaoke music uh music scene going on. Uh he, oh for what we're talking about there, he did a, he does a karaoke night. Um but I think it's once a month, I think is what he said. It's called Marioki. Uh he does it oh, over wow. in downtown London. So uh that's a pretty fun thing for everyone to check in if you're in that area. So uh Sam, what have you been playing, sir?
2: So, actually, I've been trying to hit my backlog up, and actually, you know, since everything is getting delayed (laughs) out the yin-yang for this year, I've been trying to go back and see, like, okay, what smaller games kind of slipped through the cracks, right? And I realized, to my great shame and regret, Uncharted Lost Legacy uh, was one of those games. It's just like, I don't know what happened, but never got around to it, owned it. Uh, so I installed that on my PS5 real quick. I've been hitting that. I'm almost done with it. I think it's eight chapters long. I'm well into Chapter 6. It's really good. It's like bite-sized Uncharted, and right now that is exactly what I'm in the mood for. I love Chloe as a main protagonist. She has a good dynamic with Nadine, some good, I hesitate to use the phrase, but for simplicity and time's sake, open-world gameplay that Naughty Dog kind of expanded on. So it's pretty good. I've been enjoying it.
1: Uh, personally, uh, I got back into Elite Dangerous over the weekend, um, that's now going to Game Pass, and so I've, I've been, I played it back way a long time ago, actually one of my, uh, more popular videos that I had on my original channel, and on this channel, I re-uploaded the same video I made, like, the, like, six months after it came out, um, I got, like, 46,000 views on that one random video, it's only, like, three minutes long, but this is this is random it's a fun game and they've bundled everything together now so you don't need any of the expansions. The expansions just get added on automatically. So that that's nice. Um they've made a lot of quality of life improvements, so that's always been um play a little bit of rogue company, uh really enjoyed that as a shooter. Um yeah, it's about it. But I do have one one piece of shame I didn't get to watch um WandaVision last Friday.
3: Oh, that's strange, right, dude. Yeah. That's
1: living on the edge.
3: Poor yeah. How have you been on Twitter?
2: Exactly.
1: I know. Well, it's funny too because when I, when my Twitter account got suspended, I had everything like completely muted out correctly. So I had zero okay. spoilers on. some I'm on the multiverse channel uh, Twitter account. Uh, I've been spoiled so many times already. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's been very interesting to watch that uh, unfold. Oh, I also got a chance to play Outriders. Did
3: you guys play the demo at all? No, I haven't played the demo, but I've watched some gameplay. Same.
1: same. Yeah, um, I played a little bit of it. I stopped after about 20 minutes. And the reason and is, what I, made think, you
2: stop?
0: Yeah. I think <laughs> it's really
1: good. Um, most of the time with demos, I don't play demos all the way through. It's mainly just to kind of get an idea of the controls. And if it's something I might be interested in, um, I mainly just wanted to feel how the gameplay felt just a little bit, just so I got an idea of it. It's like, is this something I might be interested in? Um, as I've played it, and it's funny because like this narrative has kind of popped up around it as being like the anti-looter shooter, uh, specifically the MMO-like kind of thing like Destiny, where it's more of a, there's no microtransactions, they're not holding anything behind like, oh, you got to finish the campaign so you get the good loot. You start getting good loot immediately. I was like, wow, I can't
3: like high tier. Oh or... yeah, you can get legendary I mean, stuff. It... You can get okay, legendary but, legendary, PR, but really. is it like low level? Like how um, Destiny does things, like you'll get it but it'll be
1: I, I don't think it's like that, but like you get um get perks and such that are associated with it and they're not just like, okay, oh yeah, if you equip this piece of armor, um you could use your super like five percent faster or your your recharge rate's like 15 percent faster it's like nah you can do it twice Hmm. it's like it it, it doubles up it goes quick you don't have to really wait for stuff so i was like okay i don't want to play too much of this anymore um because i know when i want to start playing it i'm going to get into it um i'm not buying it day one i know that much just because i want to see how things are like three months from now, if it's a people have jumped onto this game or they've just kind of like anthemed it, like jumped on got off and didn't come back. I, I, I kinda wanna see how that works first. But anyway. Other than that, uh we got some cool topics we want to go over tonight. Um so let's start off with um state of play. Sam, do you have that queued up for us? What would show the state of play in particular, so we hit everything out?
2: Yeah, yeah, I can I can tell you what was uh, there. So it was about 30 minutes long, and there were a few different games shown, uh, some smaller stuff like Solar Ash. That's a game that had previously been in like one of those indie montages, uh, so that's interesting. We got a new trailer for Returnal, showing some of the gameplay footage of exactly how players collect upgrades, fight aliens, some of the psychological horror stuff they're doing there um do you do you want me to just run through everything and then like we can highlight stuff in particular that stands out to us i just want to make be sure i'm doing this the right way you know
1: <laughs> uh let's we'll do it a uh, sushi conveyor belt style if you see something you'd like or have something to say jump I, out and say it
2: <laughs> i figured i just wanted to make sure um yeah so there was also a fantastic trailer for death loop it was like James Bond meets some like groovy 70s vibes. I absolutely love it. I absolutely love Arcane. That that was a fantastic trailer. And then beyond that, what was there? We did not, interestingly enough, get a new look at Ratchet, which I thought was kind of interesting. There was no Ratchet. We did get a release date for Kena Bridge of Spirits It's coming in August, August 24th, alongside some new gameplay footage and a new trailer. Looks beautiful. Look, looks gorgeous. I'm getting a lot of cameo vibes. Um it, it's, well, as just gorgeous animation in general. It looks fantastic. And the real, the real showstopper, though, I, I don't think anyone would disagree, was the actual finale to the state of play, and that's the PS5 upgrade for Final Fantasy VII Remake. And it gets a little confusing because the upgrade itself is free, the, like the 60 frames per second mode, the enhanced textures. I wonder if they finally fixed that infamous door. Um, you know, the god rays and all that sort of stuff. But there's also some PS5 only DLC called Integrade, which includes a chapter with Yuffie, um, a character, you know, who. Well, I don't want to get too far into spoilers for Final Fantasy VII Remake and differences from the original, but suffice to say, she's not in this part of the original Final Fantasy VII, so it's interesting to see her show up here and have some materia thieving adventures and that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, th- those were the highlights.
1: Um kind okay, of like your stand-up. Did you get a chance to watch Data Play at all?
3: Yeah, I watched it. Um and kinda like scan through, you know, yeah. the good bits. But um yeah, am for Final Fantasy, I'm I don't really like uh remakes. I don't know, I have a thing with them. Um so you probably won't see me get any of those. But uh Outriders looks interesting. Sorry. Why am I saying all right? I'm reading Sharice's <laughs> message <laughs> here. Um, but yeah, so I'm looking forward to... Uh, why am I losing my train of thought all of a sudden?
0: You just talked about it, Sam. Uh, Kenna. Um, Kenna, of Spirits. Kenna.
3: Yeah, Yeah, that was one of the ones that I've been waiting for. Like you said, I was worried. Like, why aren't we seeing Ratchet and Clank? Like, I know we're going to talk later about Jim Ryan's interview, but um, why aren't we seeing that? Um, and I don't know. It's just like delayed. So there's not really that much that I'm like looking forward to just yet. And honestly, I haven't even gotten my PS5 yet. I've been waiting.
1: The similar boat here, at least in terms of the PS5. Uh, for me, right now, I only need one system. I'm just kind of. There's not a lot of games out, honestly. Never either, right? Yeah. And I'm just kind of like, hey, I got the backlog. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm
1: just like powering through it. Like, all right, I know for certain I'm never playing this game or I'm going to really push through and finish this game. That's, that's where I'm at right now. I know for me, in terms of um, the standout games, I thought Sifu was interesting, personally, uh, where it's like it's like a kung fu kind of game, but every time you die, you get older, you come back. I thought that was just a dumb fun mechanic. I thought I was like, eh, that'd be fun." See yeah, how old you are when you get to the end of the game. So, um, other than that, um, I will say, yeah, the thing with is interesting, but I think that's mainly just because I think they're gonna have to give it its own presentation for state of play. I mean, they've done that in the past, uh, where it's like, "Hey, it's its own event," <laughs> and they're gonna be like yeah, for or agreed.
2: Something. Uh, agreed it's the first real PS5 only game Demon Souls remake obviously in astro's playroom or PS5 only but those games were a remake of a ps3 title and a free pack-in respectively a, a darn good pack- in but a pack-in all the same so it makes sense to like highlight ratchet on its own maybe yeah. like a dedicated state of play in April or something like that yeah
1: I think that'd be a good idea right before launch you get people really interested in it especially because we haven't seen any gameplay since when they showed it off. The first time, right. it was like, "Hey, a nice, a nice little update." Um, was it? Other than that, um, okay, you and I are kind of in the same mentality when it comes to remakes. Uh, for remakes, I think it has to be, it can't just be for any game, and even then, it needs to like pack in value. Like to me, I know Sam could vouch yeah. like, for the longest time. I was against remastered games, especially if it was just, "Oh, this was last gen." we're just updating it mm-hmm. now and right. porting it over because most of the time they're just cash grab situations. Like what was it when they did uh, mm-hmm. Activision did ultimate Alliance uh, one and two. And they were like, look, we've done it. Like we we've remastered the game when all they really did was just increase the frame rate and the resolution, which actually in the original games you could do, you could bump up the resolution at 1080p. Like in the original game, it ran like crap. <laughs> but it, right, should, right, like because it, it
3: ran like crap on the original system, doesn't mean I want to play it on the new one. Like,
1: yeah, I mean, and, and also like charging full price for it because they were losing the Marvel license, and they just want to get as much money. For it yep. was out. Um, I, I'm in the same boat, but like the last last good remaster I thought was worth the time and effort was Tony Hawk. Like because it's the first two games, and they did a lot of tender love and care, and didn't charge full price for it. I guess Spyro. I guess Spyro was a good one because they re- literally redid the entire games and did so many quality of life improvements. But they charged full price for that one. And I was like, "Eh." Um, other than that, uh, I don't really care for remastered games. Um,
3: I'm happy to have someone else on my side. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have no idea. The vast
1: majority of the time, I'm against it, but there's a few exceptions. <laughs> Uh, other than that at least in terms of state of play yeah for me it was kind of like all right this is thanks for the update um i didn't really need one I, i think a lot of people were putting a lot of stock in this particular one because sony's been quiet for three months and hasn't really shown a ton of things
2: yeah, like, uh, here's what I would say, like, and, and don't get me wrong, I wanted more, I definitely expected more, like, I would have taken some more Ratchet or even, like, a glimpse at Horizon, because it's been a long time since we saw Horizon, like, you know, we, we saw it yeah. at the Future of Gaming event, June 2020, but then there hasn't been an update on it since. And we're going to talk about the interview, obviously, very shortly. But Jim Ryan insists it's one of the games that they're very positive is coming later this year. That's a big marquee showpiece title. Why are you not showing it? But at the same time, I do think a lot of people put way too much emphasis on the well, state of play. I like, think there, there's there a reason for it, though. Unreal expectations. Traditionally, for though,
1: normally when when Sony has a bunch of quote-unquote bad news come out, they normally try to make up for it with a good presentation. And right before State of Play, you had the the GQ interview in particular. We'll, we'll get into that topic because that's a fun one. Oh, before I forget, they did have a follow up thing. I think it came out during the weekend. I want to say, uh, what was it? Um, they were talking about um they're going to still release uh, ga- uh new PlayStation games with PlayStation Plus, and I want to talk about that later. But they did they did announce that they're going to continue to do that as a regular practice. But the so like GQ interview. All the new okay. games
3: are gonna kind of come. Is that what they're saying? Sorry. Oh
1: no, they're they're saying like what they've been doing lately, where it's like, oh, Destruction All Stars launching in PlayStation Plus, so no one will buy it. Oh, okay. <laughs> they're, right. They're, yeah. They're, they're, they're talking about continuing to do that as a regular practice. But yeah, we'll we'll come back to that one because I I do have a theory of sorts I want to save till later, and I want to get you guys, I want to pick your brains on it too. So, with. The GQ interview. Uh, I want to say it came out was it Monday, uh, Monday last week or it was Tuesday. Kind of yeah, t- Tuesday, 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 yeah. Tuesday. Tuesday was like uh, that was things kind of like oh, hit the fan <laughs> for a lot of things. So Jim Ryan, I will say this much: he's a European. Yeah, he's a European man. Um, I will say he's kind of running Sony now like a European company, uh, where they're intentionally trying to launch on Monday or Tuesday for news, and they're dropping news in British publications which I find interesting um, because they dropped a bunch of news in this one little interview. (laughs) Um, Right. Sam, I'm trusting you to make sure we hit all the hit everything. Of course. uh, Of course. Um, They talked about primarily in the point of our main topic here, um, days gone will now be launching on PC uh, later this spring. And they've talked about how they have a slate of PlayStation games now coming to PC. Um. A little bit of backstory, because it it, I will say this one. It's been since 2013. We're talking about eight years ago. People don't remember that far. Uh, People tend to gloss over details of things that happened in yesteryear. Originally, back in 2013, and even back prior, PlayStation was very adamant against placing their games on other platforms. Uh, Microsoft started taking this turn. Uh, I want to say 2015, whenever uh, Quantum Break came out. I think it's 2015. It was Quantum Break?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. Although it is worth the the important asterisk mark with Microsoft is that they've always, prior to 2015, been kind of quasi in on PC, quasi yeah. out. Yeah,
1: like Microsoft's it was always been, always been in a that. very weird thing But they made them. they made a very bold choice to say <laughs> upfront, hey, we're just putting all of our games on PC as well. It, right. they, they made that decision to go down that route. And so they got a lot of flack for it, and Sony capitalized on the opportunity saying, oh, we're we're not putting our exclusives on PC. Um, things kind of changed a little bit.
0: Uh,
1: people got to see the progression leading up to this. Sony said, no PC games. And then it turned into, oh, wait, I can access PlayStation Now, which has play, has P- PlayStation games on PC. I got to subscribe for it. So then it was okay. I could only I could only play those games with the subscription on the special service. And then it turned into Horizon Zero Dawn launching on PC, and then you had Death Stranding, which they don't technically own, but that's another story. Um, they have some of their games are coming out to PC. And now we're getting essentially confirmation that this is now a s- actual strategy for them about launching. I won't say all because they haven't said all but probably going to be the vast majority of their exclusives on PC at some point in the future. Uh, they haven't said day and date, at least at this time, but I know personally I view that as it's only a matter of time. That's what they're going to be doing. It, the writing's on the wall. It took them eight years to say, hey, yeah, actually we are putting some games on PC, but it, it's only a matter of time for its day and date to me. I, I want to pick right. your brains on this in particular. Do you think um, that this is just a okay, yeah. We we our last gen PlayStation Four games we're bringing to PC as we do PlayStation Five updates. I think it's something like okay, we're, we're planning for the future. Like I like I believe like oh we're gonna do all of our games are going to PC as well. Or do you think it's like a case by case basis? I just, I kind of want to get your brain boogie in particular first, and I'll go to Sam later. I, I want to see where you kind of sit on this. What do you think is gonna happen?
3: Yeah, I mean it's gonna happen because they need to make the money. I mean more people playing is good for their pockets so um and it doesn't take much for them to have to put it on pc you know um because really the game is being made for pc and then calibrated for ps4 ps5 whatever else so it makes sense and i mean we knew it was going to happen i feel like some people knew it was going to happen right like those of us who know that like you know sony is a business that they don't care about whatever grudge people have online, you know, and that they're here to make money, period. Dan,
1: where are you on this, man? What do you think?
2: Yeah, I think that's actually a very good, succinct, concise way of putting it. Uh, Well said, Boogie. Like, it's just, and you can can even read between the lines and even read the lines of the GQ interview and get what Jim Ryan is saying there. Like, he's a savvy businessman, so he's not going to come out and say it, but just saying that there's a financial opportunity and the realities of game development. Okay, read between the line, business speak translator. Here we go. These games are really expensive, y'all, and we have a PS5. We're not leaving ps4 games on the table like we we are focused on ps5 now these ps4 games days gone horizon zero dawn uh probably i'm willing to bet you god of war ghost of tsushima and you know like the last of us remastered they'll probably hold on to last of us part two a little longer like those games aren't selling ps4s the people who have bought a ps4 for those games have bought it it's done most of those mm-hmm. games aside like ghost of tsushima are included in the playstation collection so the moment you get a ps5 it's like yeah you can you have all these games well and if you're a ps plus member but you get my drift you get what i'm saying like this is free money it's money on the table that they're not going to get otherwise and they can just get it and then that way hey you know what We have an extra cool few million to throw towards our big AAA projects because making games is expensive, especially since COVID has just thrown this gigantic monkey wrench into development and thrown absolutely everything off. And so many devs have said they've lost a few months or even all of 2020. Like the extra revenue is important. So, yeah, it just it makes it, it makes business sense. Uh, right. In terms of specific games, I definitely think God of War, Last of Us Remastered, uh, probably some more small, eclectic stuff, like Gravity Rush, The Last Guardian. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the PS4 Ratchet and Clank, you know, things like that. Probably see those ported over, over the remainder of the year and into 2022.
3: Yeah, I agree. And, and I was going to say, like, don't you think sometimes, too, that they kind of just like let... Microsoft do their thing to see if it works out and then they follow suit?
2: Oh, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Like, there's no way they didn't look at 2020, like, and criticize Microsoft's slate of release is all you want. There's definitely valid things mm-hmm. to criticize, but they dominated Steam as a yeah. publisher. Like, they, they took it over completely. It was like... Right. Several of their games were consistently in like the top ten every month. Sea of Thieves is still right? in the top ten to fifteen every the single month. Exactly. Um, you know, so Yeah, no, that's a very good observation. They absolutely look at what Microsoft is doing and then pull information from that and like, okay, this one worked and this one didn't. And I also think it was was interesting, Jim Ryan in the interview saying, like, we evaluated Horizon Zero Dawn. It was very much a test case. It was very much a, hey, how did this one work out? And the thing is, as he put it, there was no uproar. And I think that's important that we just get that… That sense of grounding, you know what I mean? Sometimes if you stay on Twitter too long and all you see is hardcore opinions, you lose touch with reality. I think that's a very important thing to keep in mind. And so what he's saying is there wasn't really any outcry about
1: it. I will say, to piggyback on that concept of the, the outcry, that's really easy to say when you and your executives aren't on Twitter either. Yes.
0: Because you're, you're that, that's, that's
1: the one thing too you're you're before wrong. it used to be everybody, their executives were all on Twitter to some extent it was Gio Corsi was on there Shuhei Yoshida was on there you had uh, Sean Layden was on there you had Adam Boyce was on there you had a ton of these people who were on Twitter and could get that back- backlash for all the major people now they're they're not on Twitter they're not anywhere the only person who's still on there is Yoshida and he's mainly just doing indie games. It's not even his his thing to do. So it's I think it's, well, it's really I think it's easy to like say there's no uproar if you weren't there to get any of it.
2: I, I mean, I get what you're saying. I very much get what you're saying, but I would also push back that Herman Holst, head of PlayStation Studios, is on Twitter. He is
1: so, on Twitter yeah.
2: So you know.
3: I mean, I would just push back and say that even though these people are very vocal, they're still the minority. True. Like they're still, especially because. Sony is, like, about business, I think, more than any other company, right? So I always see them as they're always going to make the business choice. Like, they're not going to cater to you. Like, please get that notion out of your head. Sony is not catering to their fans. But they're going to make smart business decisions for Sony. And that's how I see that they operate. That's just, I don't know.
1: I that's a good point too, like we've talked about the they also the announcement about the restructuring of uh their Japanese studios where they're basically shutting down the PlayStation of Japan and restructuring around Asobo, which is I think more that term is more like yeah we we we're closing down that studio, but we're also gonna but we're we're gonna move them around around the people that we got
2: yeah exactly
1: so, so to polite. quickly touch on that
2: to quickly touch on that topic. I'm very sympathetic, Boogie. I I don't know how familiar you are with, like, which games of Japan Studio you've played and if you've got a different take. But for me, hearing that Japan Studio is being restructured and that it's really just going to be a Sobi team, it sucks legacy-wise, like, big time. In terms of PlayStation's legacy, it sucks. Business-wise, I think it's kind of obvious. I think the writing was on the wall for a long time here. Can anyone actually name what the last game japan studio developed by themselves was
1: by themselves
2: by themselves not a not a you know production effort small team not co-developed with another team can you recall the last game japan studio made by themselves
1: last game i know they made was gravity rush 2 but i don't even know who that was by themselves or not uh it was it was
2: um, uh, The the people who made that game were no longer there but you're correct that was one of the last ones um, another one, and the the last one that I can recall personally, that just, they, uh, was a, like, I think, Lococycle remastered, it, and even then, that's that's a remaster. It's like, okay. Um, you know, obviously everyone's familiar with a lot of their partnerships, the Demon Souls remake, Bloodborne, um... You had, uh, what was it? What was it? A uh, Deracine, obviously, a VR, Everybody's Golf VR. Like, a lot of, a lot of uh, successful co-developed games. Puppeteer with Media Molecule. That's a cult classic. But the thing is, co- these co-developments don't have to take place at Japan Studio. They can have a small team somewhere else do it. Um, so, like, it sucks. It really sucks legacy-wise. But I think I think this was a long time coming unfortunately.
1: Um, I will say, this is my last little topic on this one before we move over to the other subtopic here. I think with Sony, and this is is the business side of things, if you look at Microsoft as, as compared to Sony, the main difference between them is that their approach to their own studio games. So if you look through Microsoft and the games that they have, almost every single one has some form of monetization or something to keep you coming back. Um, there's a few exceptions to that, like Battletoads, but it, mostly like Leading Edge. When that came out, it was, hey, it's an online service game. There's microtransactions. There's there's ways to keep people engaged beyond you know a couple hours. Um, you got situations like Gears of War, Halo, Forza, um, any number of games, honestly. That's all. Their games are centered around keeping you playing for as long as possible and potentially spending money. But as a result, again with a few exceptions being Halo, Gears of Forza, most of them are not these ultra expensive, uh, high production value kind of games. Um, you get games like Grounded, or you, you get games along those lines where they're not these. They're not ex- super expensive to make. But they get people engaged and they play because there's their their mentality is Game Pass. It's a food buffet, or sorry, a game buffet in particular. You have a bunch of different options, and you can play anything you want. But you're still coming back is the main idea. Now, at least when it comes to, well, PlayStation, they took an entirely opposite approach. Um, I think what they're doing is more of a like fancy restaurant kind of vibe where there's less options, it's similar kinds of games, and most of these studios are putting out one game per generation. There's a few exceptions to yeah. that, depending on how big the team is, but they're mostly putting out one game. So the menu's fairly small. Um, there's not as many studios as Xbox has right now. And they're they're mainly focused on putting out that one game per generation and making it the best experience possible making it a great entree, um, enough to satisfy anyone. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the problem is if you're catering towards having a great experience along those lines, the only way for you to make more money is for you to expand the audience. And this is what's like we've talked about in the past. And you see this at the beginning of the generation in particular. It's not as bad now. Um, but normally towards the beginning of the generation the attach rate on xbox is normally a lot better A new game comes out there people jump on board and buy that game and then on playstation it's a little more fragmented um we've seen that last generation in particular um they're not saying they don't sell well but when you when you factor in the install base they are not jumping on board uh with as much like in terms of the, the percentage population Getting on board with that. It's just something that's just something that's always happened. Now, again, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that that's the market you have to play to. So if you have that kind of experience, you need to increase your audience as big as possible. And the only way to do that is putting it on. Um, unless you want to put it on other consoles, but I don't think it's gonna happen. <laughs> so um, it just it's too uh, directly a problem. Alright. Um Moving on a little bit, uh, at least to another subtopic here. So, piggybacking off of the update on the interview going on with um, where he, had, well, where Jim Ryan had announced that PlayStation, were going to continue to have games launch into PlayStation Plus. Um, this is something I wanted to kind of ask you guys because there's been a lot of talk about whether or not PlayStation's going to try and position either PlayStation Now or make something else. A competitor to Game Pass. Um, I have a theory in particular, but I, I kinda wanna pitch this out and I wanna get, you, get some feedback on this.
0: Lately um oh god. Hmm.
2: Go ahead, Sam. No, I was just I, I didn't realize you were done. That. I thought you were inviting commentary immediately. Continue.
1: I wanna throw it out there first and I wanna get I wanna get feedback in a minute. So PlayStation has been really pushing PlayStation Plus as opposed to PlayStation Now. Um, Notice when PlayStation 5 launched, they didn't really talk about PlayStation Now really at all, but they launched the PlayStation Collection for PlayStation 5 owners of all these PlayStation 4 games on PS5. They launched all those and no extra charge on PlayStation Plus. They're launching new games on PlayStation Plus. I kind of get this idea... That, that is what they want them, that's what they want as the competitor to Game Pass. Where what they're saying is, hey, we're giving you brand new free games you get to keep. And we're going to encourage you to stay on the subscription as long as possible. As opposed to an one where they give you a bunch of games all at once that could leave at any time. Where Microsoft is offering that instead of giving it like okay you get everything all at once it's a hey you get a new game you get one free game you don't know you may not like it but you may like it who knows you get that one game and you get to keep it uh for as long as you want and i i just i get the feeling lately they're positioning that as the actual competitor against game pass I'll open it up to commentary at that point because I have a follow-up thing, but I want to get you, I want to get you guys' impressions on that. Do you think they are trying to make this more of a competitor to Game Pass, or do you think I'm just crazy? Uh, Boogie, just you want to tackle this first?
3: Yeah, I can. Um, it's, it's interesting, for sure, and I have always thought that they would try to do something like Game Pass, but knew they couldn't do exactly like Game Pass, so the way they're setting it up is very interesting, you know, for you to be able to keep the game, basically. As long as you want, unless you delete it, and then I guess you wouldn't have it anymore. But, um, I don't know, it'll just remain to see because I feel like something like that is kind of cool, but at the same time, how few and far between are you gonna be waiting, right? Like, because I feel like if I'm paying and it's like a month, two months, and I don't have anything that I want to play on there, then I'm like, why am I paying for this? I mean, it's the same with any sub- subscription service, I think that you're going to need to see value every month.
1: I mean, they have been doing a real good job, at least lately. Like, they, they haven't just been putting garbage, like, gold, like oh, yeah. <laughs> games with gold. Uh, they haven't been putting garbage out there. It's normally, like, not like, maybe not entirely new games, but you know, right. good, high-quality games are making it on that list. Like, if you've been on PlayStation yeah. Plus for the last three years, you got a pretty good library built up over
3: now. I feel like you can't compare PlayStation Plus and Game Pass anymore because, or not Game Pass, but uh, Games with Gold. Because as soon as Game Pass started taking off, Games with Gold took the backseat. Sure.
2: Yeah, it's just since since I would argue 2019, I can probably name the decent months of Games with Gold on one hand. Probably.
0: Yeah. But like.
1: Maybe it's something like... I, I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think about how they they would approach this in particular. I think it has mostly to do with, again, the attach rate and install size, or install base. Where Xbox traditionally has had a very high subscription rate for, for Xbox Live. They've normally had a very good amount of that. And we see uh, Game Pass taking off still. Uh, we still... What was it? 15 million was the last update we had a couple months ago. Like it, that was like 5 million in like less than like three months or something where, where there were no games. Xbox actually launched. They still were like climbing.
0: <laughs> like they, right.
1: they're finding success in getting that base still. Um, I want to say, what was it for PlayStation now? Uh, not PlayStation, now PlayStation plus subscribers. I think I say it's like 50 million now. All right. And that was like last month. Uh-huh. I didn't have that number.
2: I want to say so, yeah, because I believe in the same time, I I could be wrong on the number, but I think they also said that 87% of PS5 owners so far, as of January, to be clear, this is as of a couple of months ago, are subscribed to PlayStation Plus. And it's a very hardcore market, obviously, that's mostly getting their hands on the new consoles. You can fight
1: for people to get it, to get your own console. I'd hope the hardcore
2: would get it. Um, to your point, to your point, man, because I think this is a very interesting topic, and this is kind of something I've been spewing and stewing over for a while here. I think it is and it isn't. And I know that sounds like a cop-out answer, but bear with me here because I'm going to take you on a journey, but I want to explain it. I think they want to p- position PlayStation Plus as the premier game like trial service, or no, even that's the wrong phrase. Like the, the premiere compared to games with gold or Nintendo Online. It's like, yeah, when you pay for your multiplayer and your discounts, this is the games you're getting. Like it is, oh, you better be there in the month because they're going to leave after just a month. They're not, or two months in the case of something like Destruction All Stars. They're not going to be there that long, but come here and get them while they're hot. I mean, they've been solid the past year and a half. And since the PS5 came out, they have been killer. They've been absolutely killer. You know, they've had Bug Snacks on there. They've got Final Fantasy VII Remake uh, up in March. They just had Control Ultimate Edition. And say what you will about the game, but Destruction All Stars in there for two months. In April, they're going to have the new Oddworld game. Uh, like they've been doing a really, really darn good job convincing, or paying, you know, as it is, uh, third parties to launch their games in there, and you know, or second party games. So. I think what that boils down to is they're not sure what to do with PlayStation now. I legitimately think that. I think they're not sure. They don't want to commit to the subscription angle that Microsoft has where you just chuck your first party at it. But simultaneously, it's kind of difficult to get third parties in there because they're having such success with PlayStation Plus. What? So you're trying to grow that. Like It's almost like a reverse Xbox Live Gold. Does that make any sense? Where Xbox Game Pass is, obviously, everyone says it, and I'll say it too, the best deal in gaming, but then Games of Gold is like, y'all, what are we even doing here? We're subscribed because we have to to play multiplayer. That's what it is. These games are not that impressive. I think it's a complete reverse of that situation. Microsoft doesn't know what to do with Games of Gold and, by a broader extent, Xbox Live Gold right now. Sony isn't sure what to do with PlayStation now, right now, so they're all in on Plus. Um, and I don't know what the solution is. I just think it's a very interesting conundrum
0: to have I think specifically, at least
1: in this particular scenario, I don't know well i I think it's more about again, going back to the idea of like install bases and you know having attach rates and such. I think what they're trying to do now is they're not really concerned about adding an extra one because of that exact reason in particular, where they have PlayStation now and it's not thriving and they don't know what to do with it. I think what they're trying to do now is just trying to say, okay, let's have as many people as possible on PlayStation and go from there. I think that's their thought process and that's why they're trying to make it
0: as um, enticing as possible. Mm Mm-hmm. Um. So,
1: Boogie, uh, any final thoughts before we start wrapping up here? Because it's almost nine o'clock, and we know everyone's got things to do and places to be.
3: Oh yeah. Um. Not about anything particular, or I mean, the biggest. Are we going to talk about the interview, or?
0: I thought we already did. Oh.
1: The GQ interview. Okay. Well. We're... Yeah.
3: Okay, well, the thing that stuck out for me was the VR stuff, and I think that Mm, I have Delilah to blame for this. That she like, (laughs) she was always the like, "Where's the VR? Where's the VR?" And I was just like, "Ah, it's coming, it's coming." But I don't know. She's the one who convinced me to get the quest, and like, I love the quest, and I feel like anything that's lesser than the quest shouldn't garner attention. And like, I'm happy that they're gonna come out with a better psvr because that's what i started out with and it didn't make me love vr at all so one core thing is super interesting to me i'm hoping that that won't be too like cumbersome but i don't know if any of you guys have the playstation vr but it's like 20 cables
2: but i've used it i've used it at trade shows um like and i've seen it at friends houses and all that like it's it's cumbersome it's cumbersome, yeah. and that's at best. So a single cable is, well, not the wireless Oculus, Oculus right. revolution. A single cable is a vast improvement, for sure.
3: Yeah, and that's how I felt about it. So I'm interested, and I kind of was like, he kind of gypped us on the, you know, what will be available as far as software, because he's like, of course we're going to release software. But that was it. Like, you didn't give me any, any inkling of, you know, what we could be seeing. Just it'll be there. So it'll be... I'm looking at that, and it also just makes me say, Microsoft, let's go. Like, Because if they can put this on the PS5, you should be able to blow it out of the moon on the Series X. So
0: let's do this.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, very quickly wrapping it up, I, I do think it's interesting that they announced this with a blog post. Very similar, very reminiscent to, here's the first details of the next PlayStation console. Y'all remember that in April 2019? It's very much the same thing, which tells me that, optimistically, this is probably like holiday 2022. Yeah. Right? At best. Like, this is a ways out.
3: I agree. Because we have, like, if he wants to, if he's not going to say anything about what publishers or what games may be coming, that means that it's still very early.
0: For sure. All right.
1: Uh, let's do our outros. Uh, Buggy, is it an opportunity for yourself to to pitch to our little group here. Uh, where can the good people find you?
3: Oh, yeah. You guys can find me on Twitch, Facebook Gaming, um, on my own personal channel. And then you can find me every Saturday over at Grown Woman Gaming on YouTube with the lovely ladies um we talk um games and kind of similar to this uh, I have to say that this was very refreshing to talk to people who like aren't super into fanboyism you know we <laughs> and, try like, actually talk we with try. logic you know that's awesome <laughs> we, we, we might get a little uh, nuts
2: when Bethesda gets involved we might yeah I can
3: yeah we have our moments too you know uh, but
2: yeah no, no, it was great having you all. You were absolutely fantastic.
3: Oh, thank you, and I'm gonna okay. have to have to have you guys on too.
1: Oh yeah, that'd be great. And uh, Sam, where can people find you, sir?
2: Yeah, you can find me, uh, unfortunately, still on Twitter at Samuel Talbert. That's T-O-L-B-E-R-T, and you can find everything I'm writing over on Windows Central and its sister sites.
0: All right,
1: and I'm Anchorman V2. You can find me on Multiverse Show, uh, at least on Twitter everywhere else at Anchorman V2. Uh, Thank you guys for tuning in to The Greatest Show of Mondays. Uh, It's been real. Thank you guys for having fun, and we'll see you guys next week.